Hey, this is Travis T-Bone Turner. We're here at the Tour 12 Podcast. Don't give your guide a knife for a tip. He probably has a knife because he's a guide. <laughs> here he comes. That's the kind of stuff. Here he comes. He's coming in hot. Hey, I'm Nick Mont from Bone Collector. You're listening to the Tour 12 Podcast. If you're one of these guys that carried horns around ATA, just leave them at home. Quit being an idiot. <laughs> so B does all of our modeling. He's the look good guy. I'm the Definitely, uh, I don't have a voice for radio. I'm the face for radio. I'm the ugly <laughs> wild here, dude. You guys out there listening, you know, put your kids in front of this podcast. I mean, we're not going to get too crazy. You might want to put them to bed maybe a little bit later on, but <laughs> that's just that's just me talking. But we'll get to arguing over schedules or, or man, you know, something that we where disagree we're gonna on. Eat. Where are we going to eat? Where are we going to eat? But at the end of it, we hunt together because and hang together just because we truly, truly enjoy each other's company. Well, it is, it is our job, and we have a platform, and by all means, we're flying the flag as much as we can. We, we need, we want to preach it to the everybody. It's not for the elite. It's not for the rich. It's, it's enjoyment Making for everybody. Making a living doing something you absolutely love, what we call living your passion, you might actually be closer than you realize. It's actually what this whole podcast is built around, living your passion in three areas, business, leadership, and life. I'm Michael Waddell, and you're listening to the Tour 12 Podcast. Well, hey, hey, what is up? Welcome to the Tour 12 Podcast. Back at the ATA show with our good buddy Jason McKee over at Hunter Specialties. Be the body's on. You know he's be the body. Mm-hmm. You no, did know no, that. No, yeah, no, yeah. We call him be the body. Oh we Here got. We, go. we need a good Wait, nickname some, for Cal. Uh, uh, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of names for I'm Matt. Afraid what you guys <laughs> I don't know if we can say them. <laughs> I'm afraid because one of them would stick. <laughs> they will. And we can I, change. I want to know how you feel about the nickname they gave you. I don't Fat Jesus Yeah <laughs> I'm a little offended I don't blame him man he, That's the first thing You said to me last night. Like, he, goes, he goes Go call Heath Fat Jesus I'm like I'm not calling him that He goes and He goes Everybody's doing it I said Matt Have you done it He goes no I said B Have you done it No So only you are the one Calling him that I did no, call no. him one morning The first morning After all that started I just walked back in the room, and that's the like he walked out of the bathroom. I, that's the first thing I said to him. <laughs> he said, "What's up, Fat Jesus?" <laughs> and that's the only time I ain't calling him that again. Yeah. Uh, Matt, Matt, I just did it like everybody was yeah. calling you that. Well, I'm like, I don't called buy you that. Zeus last night. I don't know. Zeus. For, for our listening yeah. audience here, I was called Fat Jesus by my good buddy Adam over at Thermosel, and now I'm getting heckled about it. Wow. It's like borderline. I don't think you have to worry. That one's not going to stick. You don't think? It might. It might. Never know. If Matt has anything to do with it, it will, because he was selling it hard (laughs) last night. He was. (laughs) Hashtag Fat Jesus. (laughs) That's like a borderline inappropriate. It is. It is. Like unforgivable (laughs) or something. What's that called? Blasphemy. Blasphemy. Yeah. That's borderline. (laughs) So, anyway. Good show, Jason? Yeah. I mean... Same old, same old? Yeah, ATA is ATA. I mean, it, it's always the same for me. But like, like I said last year, I mean, I, I look forward to just, you know, getting to see everybody yeah. that I don't don't get to see throughout the year. So that part of it's good. The rest of it's just work. It's three days of, of pure chaos. Yeah. yeah. Nonstop. What about your hunting season? Oh, well. Let's, let's talk fun stuff. Okay. <laughs> so I, I the way I've, I've kind of summarized it is I had the best, probably the best season you can have without – putting a tag on something really so i went i had a really good really good elk hunt um in september in colorado didn't kill one but again great experience great wheat um went back to north dakota this year for their opener and should have killed a really good one the first night and uh it was one of those camera guy versus hunter you know (laughs) couldn't get in sync type situations (laughs) yeah i was in north dakota 
What's that? How is North Dakota that early season hunt up there? I, I is it love awesome? it. I, yeah, I love it. I mean, you know with John, didn't you? Arman? Yeah. Yep. John Arman, yeah. the guys from Team UA. Yeah. So I, I, I love it up there, man. I mean, if I could go every year for their opener, I would. And it's like August, isn't it? Or is it first uh, September? Well, yeah, it's that first weekend of September. Of September. So like, like technically the season this year opened on a Friday, which was like the 30th of August. I got you. And then <laughs> I think I hunted for five days. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you, you've got a good opportunity to kill a velvet buck, mm-hmm. you know, for their opener. The the buck I wanted, the one that came in that that first night, he was already out of velvet by the time I got there. Yeah, but, um, I'd already killed a velvet ten and a velvet eight up there, so I'd already already made a decision. I wasn't holding out for velvet. Now, if I saw just an absolute, you know, smoker in velvet, then I I wasn't opposed to shooting another velvet right. buck. But I'd already known the southern was on there because they had camera pictures and. He was pretty special. He ended up scoring in the 160s. Had a bunch of splits. Wow. and Did they end up killing the deer? The neighbor did. Oh, really? Yep. Their neighbor killed him uh, like gun season. That's how I knew what he scored because the neighbor, neighbor yeah. was shooting with a rifle. But So, saw him the first night. Again, that kind of got boogered up. And um, I, I stayed on him in that spot uh, for like the next three days because I still had a good win there. And, and he... he he didn't really know what happened. What had happened was a doe had got kind of downwind of us, and she spooked, and then just kind of cleared the plot. You know, what I mean, so he, mm-hmm. it's not like he knew. You know, he never got wind of us. You know, so I thought, well, there's a good chance he'll come back. He didn't. Um, I passed another nice, nice ten in velvet from that same spot again because I was just I was really wanting to uh, see if I could get another crack at that the buck I was after. And then the last the last day I was there wind wasn't any good for that spot so i actually hunted with john on, yeah. on one of his spots and had a really really nice uh full velvet 10 come out and uh he just we had like 40 50 deer in the plot and this buck comes out and but instead of coming out into the plot he just kind of you know skirted his way around the edge of it closely every guy was probably about 70 yards so it was yeah. a shot opportunity beautiful deer and then they ended up shooting him one of john's teammates Team members end up shooting him in their rifle season. He ended up scoring 150. So, wow. Wow. saw some good deer. Just you know, never, never, never let an arrow go. You're gonna go back there next year? I mean, if yeah, I mean, if I have an opportunity, I, I'll go back. Like I said, I go back every year. Yeah, I love it. Love it up there. It's just completely different than what we're used to. Yeah, because the terrain is so wide open. Yeah, you know, so I mean, you, I, I like it just because you can sit there and glass and you know, see deer. Oh yeah, oh. yeah. I mean. As far as your eye can see, you know, when they start coming up with all those coolies, they're they're almost everywhere. Yeah, you know. And so then you got some Illinois ground, right? You hunt. Yep, I hunt uh, hunt Central Illinois. Actually, I hunted Illinois more this year than than I have since I moved. So in the past four years, I hunted Illinois more than I did I have in the you know since I moved from there to Georgia. Uh, you guys know I've been after a, an absolute mm-hmm. giant up yeah. there. I missed him last year. Um, that was because of that limb, though, right? You killed. Yeah, I, yeah, I killed a limb. <laughs> I killed a limb that scored about as much as his brow tie. <laughs> One of them, and uh, so I, I had a history with this deer. Um, and then I ran, I, I, like I always do, you know, set up my mock scrapes. Went up, did that early, and I was, I, I kind of felt like I had a good idea of what his pattern was, just based upon you know hunting him last year and running cameras last year. And then I get up there this year, and I mean, I, I didn't. Actually, the first trip up there was the week of Halloween, and I'd had mock scrapes going for about a month and a half, and had had several bucks, you know, hit my mock scrapes, and he was not. So I started getting a little bit nervous that maybe, you know, maybe EHD or, you know, something had happened to him, um, because I had not got a single picture of him 
all the way up through till I got there that week of Halloween. Never saw him. Passed a couple uh, nice bucks, you know, a couple 150 class 10s that were younger. <coughs> and then I pack up, I drive home. And November 7th, exactly a year to the day that I missed him in 2018, the first picture I get of him this year, he walks right by my camera. I've been home four days. Oh, and he finally God. finally got a picture of him. So at that point, I'm just excited that I know he's still alive. I know he's still, you know, he's back on the farm. Um, and from that time, I mean, I've gotten pictures of him every week, sometimes multiple times a week. Um, but they were all at night, you know. So I made two more trips after I after I realized he was back on the farm. Hunted, passed up the same one of the same ten pointers three times. I mean, and, he, and he's only, he's a young deer, but he's going to be exceptional. He's got he's got those genetics like this this bigger older deer that i'm hunting um where do you think this big deer will go he's you know he's definitely gonna go 190s Oof. he's a he's a beast I'm, i had a buddy that killed one three years ago um same thing just a real nice clean typical 10 huge frame uh my buddy's scored 178 and this deer is substantially bigger than wow. my buddy's. Wow. Did your buddy up there find any sheds from him? Or? No, but actually, the, he, he came by my camera tonight, last night. Did he really? This big really? one did. So that's, I've, I've left my cameras running, even though I know I'm not going to go back and hunt this year. I've left yeah. my cameras running because I want to see, I'm hoping I get him with, you know, maybe one that's side sad, dropped. Yeah. So I'll have an idea when he's dropped his antlers and I want to try and go back up and yeah. see if I can find his sheds. Hmm. But I mean, he's, I, I've had pictures of him. So New Year, anyway, full year goes by. All season long, I'm getting plenty of pictures of him, but it's all at night. You know, no daylight pictures of him whatsoever. And New Year's Day, he shows up in front of one of my cameras in broad daylight. And then, let's say I got here Tuesday. So, Tuesday morning, I got the second daylight picture of him with yeah. uh, two does. So, he's, he's moving in daylight now, but I, I just I won't have an opportunity to go back and get him. Yeah, so. next weekend. I don't think I can get up there. <laughs> Show, tell me where it's at. I guess they're going <laughs> Yeah, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen, uh, Matt. I know, Y'all are I pretty know. good friends, but <laughs> yeah. not that we good. We haven't got yeah. there. I don't have any friends that are that good of friends. <laughs> yeah. Well, what was it? Someone was telling us last night saying, hey, we want to get everybody into this industry because, you know, we feel like hung's going down. Try to get everybody in. But no one will ever tell where their hunting spot is. So how are you going to get anybody in? <laughs> no, that's a, that's a serious issue, though. Is I mean, I, I've said all along, it's like I think part of the biggest challenge we have to recruitment of hunters is just access. Oh yeah, yeah. where are you going to go? You know, uh-huh. I mean, there are certain states that have a lot of public ground, but you know, <laughs> there are other areas where e- even if they have public ground, they're smaller and they're overcrowded, and you know, mm-hmm. guys, you know, where there's safety or just you know, just you know that. I mean, so that's that's. I mean. We can joke about it, but the reality is that yeah. a lot of guys I know that I grew up with hunting that don't hunt anymore because they, they fell out of love with hunting. It's like, they lost go. their access. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it is challenging, especially on the side of the U.S. where we live. You know, yeah, we're pretty fortunate in Arkansas because we do have a lot of public land in our state. Um, now, some of it is overcrowded, some of it is that way, but there is access. We have a lot of access, and a lot of states don't have that. Yeah. And we got like in Illinois now where Jason's dad is. We got a gigantic Shawnee. Shawnee. Yeah, I grew up hunting and trapping in like Shawnee. You got to go. I've like, hunted Shawnee. Have you you got to go way back in there. Yeah, way yeah. back. Now somebody like me who grew up running traps in Shawnee and hunting Shawnee, it's like mm-hmm. I, I I know some really good spots. I I hunted pretty much predominantly hunted Shawnee up until about I guess eight years ago. 
Really? And I mean, my cousin killed a 205 inch deer in Shawnee National Forest. Mm, There's big wow. deer in there. Yeah. You just gotta know where to go. Wow. And it's a, it's not the friendliest terrain either. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, everybody thinks Illinois oh, it's flat. Yeah. I want to get down to where I you live. get down there. Yeah. yeah. And it's no, you'll, you'll do some work to mountain, get into those good spots. I wouldn't call. I it wouldn't mountain. call it mountains, but it's like it's bluff. It's pretty rugged oh, country. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. It's not like what we hunted in southern Ohio. It's actually less yeah. mountains than I would call them. Actually, we we refer to them. At least my family, we always refer to them as canyons. Yeah. It's not so much that they go up; it's you know, it's that they go cuts. down. Yeah, cuts, yeah. real deep cuts, and and stuff. That's interesting, great. So ATA, new products this year. What you got coming out? Or you got out? Well, our guys have used it. I already know. No bull. Yeah, yeah. So call. the no bull call. Yeah, I, I send it to you guys. Um, Sounds phenomenal, by the way. Yeah. It, <laughs> it does. So basically, what I wanted—I mean, we talked about the you know bringing back the original the true, true talker, talker design. yeah, which is absolutely yeah. unbelievable call. That that um that that's a great call. And so, really, what we needed—the one thing the true talker doesn't do—is it doesn't do a snort wheeze. And I'm I've 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 actually used snort wheezes quite a bit as a. I mean, it's been one of my better vocalizations, especially with a mature deer or a deer off in the distance. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of times I've gr- tried to grunt at a deer, and for whatever reason, he doesn't hear that, but you, you hit him with a good, you know, good hard snort wheeze. And uh, we actually have one of our uh, uh, brand guys that I sent to. He's he's stationed in Fort Campbell, and I sent him one of these, you know, to get out in the field. This And he's got video. He's actually shown it to a couple people here at the at the booth. He's got video of him snort wheezing a buck. I mean, this buck's walking, you know, parallel to him on the neighboring property along the edge of a bean field, good 200-plus yards, and he, he hits that snort wheeze, and that sucker turns, and here he comes. Wow. So that that's one thing we really didn't have was a good snort wheeze in our arsenal. So that's, that, you know, I want to make sure this, yeah, this new noble had a, a snort wheeze. The, the, the upside to it is you can take it off if you want to. Yeah, you know, so it's got a little rubber band right. piece that keeps everything together the snort wheeze right on top of the grunt call. so really really the, the whole i mean the whole thing on this is i don't i don't personally use bleats you know i don't use no vocalization yeah, no vocalizations i mean i'm pretty much either gonna you know i, I want a, a good deep mature sounding mm-hmm. grunt i want a snort wheeze and i want to be able to growl or roar get a little more aggressive so you know a lot of the calls you know out now we, we even we've even had them you know it's like you know hey take the o-ring move it around if you want to get those mm-hmm. different or you know now that you got a lot of them that have buttons and things you twist and turn and it's like you know in the heat of the moment i just right. want to be able to grab my grunt call and get one of those yeah. one of those three you know mature deer vocalizations because that, that's what i'm hunting i'm hunting mature deer so i'm you know and so it's like I don't want to be trying to you know get Remember my setting what what. Yeah, yeah get my setting just right in that heat of the moment. So that's really what the no bull is. It's just a down and dirty grunt call. You know you're going to get those three major you know mature buck vocalization. You can grab it off the limb and you know yeah you're ready and to it's, go. it you can put a lot of air through it too. Oh, it yeah. won't lock up on you. No, it, you're not going to lock that call up. Yeah, for there's sure. A, there's a lot of people that that haven't have never heard of Snorwees. Yeah, I've been talking to some people even at the show, and I've only heard one. Well, I mean, it's something like where we live with our the way our buck doe ratios and stuff. It's, I mean, yeah, I've heard it in Arkansas, but very, very Not rarely. Much. But now, upper Midwest and Midwest <laughs> Iowa, can't especially Kansas. Those deer are so aggressive, man, dude. It's I've heard it a bunch. And, up and there. I would be willing to bet that a lot of guys like in, in our age group that, that do travel and do some hunting, I can guarantee you there's a lot of people that have heard a deer snort wheeze and, and didn't know, know what it was. was. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because it's, it's not common to them. Yeah. I've heard them growl quite a bit. 
Yeah, well, and see, that's the other thing. You know, it's like the whole growl and roar. Again, I mean, I, the, the that split, you've seen him, that split brow 10 I shot yeah. three years ago, I'd have never killed that deer had I just grunted at him or, you know, tried to bleed at him because it was mm-hmm. windy. He was at a distance going away from me. Mature deer, you know, he'd been running around all night. You could tell he was trying to get back to his bedding area. And I had to roar at him, you know, just for, not only for the volume, but to get his attention over the wind and leaves mm-hmm. rattling and mm-hmm. stuff. And I wouldn't have killed that deer if I had just tried to, you know, soft grunt at him or something like that. So right. I've had that conversation with a lot of people where it's the same thing. It's like there's a lot of people when you show them how, you know, if, like if I'm demoing this call right here and I do a growl or a roar, there's a lot of people look at you and be like, why would you do that? You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. in the woods. And it's like, because it just they haven't heard it. Yeah. But the first time you hear a buck roar or a growl, you know, you're, you'll never forget it. Oh, yeah. You know, it is awesome. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> then you got these chamois strips, too. They're awesome. Yeah, that's... That's I'm excited I'm about yeah. that one. Yeah. yeah, so those on the on the buck bomb side, we came out with the, we call it the straight, scrape generator uh, strip. And basically it's a pre-treated chamois type material. So it's soaked in our forehead gland. You know, so you, this would go on your licking branch above your mock scrape. And one end of it has a, a die cut hole in it. So when you wrap it around the limb, you pass it through the hole, it can't come off the limb. A lot of, a lot of the problems you have with, you know, just your standard scent wick is if unless you zip tie them or something to the limb once that buck starts raking that antler you know raking his antlers and, and you know working that licking branch your, your wicks end up you know 10 15 feet over in the dirt yeah. you know so this thing's not going to come off again it's pre-treated so you're not you know you're not having to apply the scent to the strip now you can obviously go back you know and uh, add more yeah, to it add, once you have the strip exactly on yeah you well, can add your, more with your bottle of it well no one can yep. see it but it's what is it what do you think about Ten inches, 10 inches. Long. yeah, they're ten but inches. You, but you were saying that you've had them where deer nibble them all the way up. Oh to, yeah, to I've the used limb. these for years. Talk on them. Uh, yeah, and I mean they will. You know the deer. I've got. I've even got pictures of does. You know walking up and like you can see them. You know trying to pull it off the limb. But I was telling you earlier. Yeah, I mean there's there's been several seasons. By the end of the year, that thing goes from a ten inch strip to like a two or three inch strip. <laughs> they just continue to you know kind of chew at them as they're working that. Yeah. Working at yeah, the bridge. mock scrape deal is something I haven't ever done that much in the past, and I've just started like last year. And talking to you, you've done it a lot. Yeah, over I've the done years. it. And I'm trying to learn how to effectively use them because it's an awesome tool. I mean, we hunt a lot of different places, and in bait states, you can put feed or mineral or something like that, right. and and get a good inventory of what you got in your place. But you go to a non-bait state. And you don't have that opportunity. Yeah, mock scrapes are an <laughs> awesome way to take inventory of what and that's, you got. That's really, and, I mean, Matt and I coming from Illinois, you can't use any bait, you can't use any minerals. So that's why I started using them years ago because it was like, you know, you what other option do we have yeah. to yeah. really get, you know, deer in a specific in a and, spot? And the reality of it is, you're inventorying your bucks. Yes. Yeah. So you know, it's like. You, you know eventually the, the bucks are going to pay attention to those scrapes, you know, so. Yeah, you I, yeah, got me into them. it. I've never done it. You I've used them for, oh, my gosh, 16, 17 years. And I showed you guys the picture earlier of, you know, I mean, I've, I've literally had deer shot, you know, standing in my mock scrapes. I showed you that picture earlier mm-hmm. of the guy from mm-hmm. Georgia that, you know, he's, you can actually see the deer walking to this, this uh, mock scrape strip and, 20 seconds after the my trail camera takes that picture he you know he drills him what about the whole you know setting a tree in like your food plots in the middle of your food i've seen a lot of guys doing that nowadays. yeah like 
you set a mock scrape I, in the middle of that food plot I mean, you, under a tree that you've put in there. You're, just you're hesitant. That. You're hesitant to ever say something's always going to work because right. nothing ever always works. But I will tell you right now, like guys, I, you know, you, you can do it with a you know a wooden post and then mm-hmm. just so kind of a certain limbs to it. exactly yeah. so you like the flagpole holders for your house mm-hmm. you screw into the side of your house and mm-hmm. you stick the flag i've used those before to, to put a licking branch exactly where i want it you know just go to home it's, depot or something buy it now there's somebody making one now that yeah it's like on a t-post or straps around a tree and, and so anyway yeah i mean that's the thing is like if i ideally you can i mean we all know there's going to be hundreds of scrapes out there so i always start mine <laughs> start mine early in the preseason but yeah if there's a specific spot you want one you can you could take a post hole digger you know at the end of your food plot drop a post in there and then screw a limb to it i mean there's a lot of ways to just put that that mock scrape right where you want it but i will tell you again nothing nothing works 100 percent of the time but if you have a small food plot like a little small mm-hmm. kill food plot yeah do that. Try that this year. Early That's season. what I was wanting because he's got a new piece of property that we're going to be setting up, setting yeah. up this spring. You About know, ten and, yards and off the off the edge of one of them. Yeah, dig your hole, drop your power, cut even cut you off a you know little little small tree, whatever. Put but put it out in in the middle. You'll of be it. shocked. Really, you will be shocked. Like tell everybody, like what would you do? Like because I've been putting this stuff out like in August. Yeah, that's usually gland. when I start. But like whenever when you do your box scrape, what do you put out besides the forehead gland on a on a branch? And like when you do it, do you scrape out the ground then too? Already, <laughs> I, w- I will. Ju- I will. I mean, I won't. You know, tear it up. But usually I'll clear a spot to work because I'm always going to hang that hammock. Yeah. You know, our scent hammock where you can, you can you know put the four ounce. Uh, that will drip into the scrape so i always clear off enough of an area to where you know that stuff's dripping you know onto the ground mm-hmm. if there's leaves or, or grass stuff but i don't go in there and try to make it look like you know a november scrape okay you know, i just like i said i want i want i want that dripper that scent dripping and that's the other thing i mean you know I, there, there's i don't i don't usually use any you know extra scents or anything like that you know when i set up my my mock scrubs i usually just grab a straight drip, straight dopey and you know pour a couple bottles on the ground and then you know again hang my hammock and let some just kind of drip into mm-hmm. it and i mean i don't know that i've ever set up a mock scrape that i didn't have deer if they weren't there that night after i set it up you know at least investigating i mean they're always there within 20 because there's something when you're setting those mock scrapes up and trying to find the location to set one of those up, I mean, I know you've done them for a long time, so you've probably got specific places that you know you're going to set those up. But, like, if you're walking into a new place and going to set one up, well, kind of what are you looking for I'll, as I'll far as the area? I'm going to put uh, – it- on a new piece of property, you're going to go and you're going to scout it. You're mm-hmm. going to look for your funnels. You know, yep. You're going to look for, you know, just natural travel corridors, you know. Of, so, basically, if I go onto a new piece of property, I'm going to pretty much put my mock scrapes exactly where, somewhere in the area where I, I where would expect to change my stand. Yeah. Yeah, hang my stand, yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's where I'm wanting to verify are those bucks using that, you know, that funnel or, or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, like fence lines. Yeah. You know, fence lines are a good place to set one up if you can, you know, if you can set one on a fence line because we all know from being going. from the Midwest, a lot, of, a lot of times they'll run the fence line, a lot of times, mm-hmm. they'll, you know, they'll cross the fence line. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of, on a, especially on a new piece of ground, as I go and I scout it, I'm, you know, as I'm scouting for, you know, potential stand sites, I'm going to put a, put I'm going to put a mock strip there. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. It's awesome tool. I'm, I'm trying to yeah, figure I'm, it out. I'm kind of anxious to yeah. try that this year. We got some new ground. We're going to be it's with, it's, re- so. it's really exciting not not just to see. Like I said, I mean, the deer are gonna they're gonna find it and they're gonna start interacting with it. Um, 
but what's really exciting is like i said i mean i've had deer shot standing in them you know mm-hmm. that's what's exciting about yeah. it you know is when a guy like you know the guy that we're, i was discussing earlier from georgia not only was that the biggest deer he'd ever seen you know he hadn't been in Illinois two two days and he shoots 160 oh, inch deer you know <laughs> wow some guys get all the luck <laughs> <laughs> other guys go to a stand and forget their arrows at the truck <laughs> Yeah, those I do are, that. I do that. Those are my two favorite things that, <laughs> that I'm was, looking forward to do this year. That calling those strips. Yeah. What about on the turkey hunting side of things? That's coming. Uh, we up have a quick. whole. I mean, the entire turkey call lineup has been redone. The so mouth call line. We yeah, we'll have a new line of uh, aluminum frames. Uh-huh. Um, but we got to. If you go out here after we leave everything, in, we have so we have a whole new line called Strut Select, and really that's kind of. It's about as close you can get to custom, you know, custom right. calls, you know, without them, you know, going to find a custom call maker. But these are really high end, nice, uh-huh. you know, higher, higher quality woods, you, you know, a little more detail. So we're real excited about those. Um, and then we, we we really went through all of our turkey calls and re, you know either redid them or came up with new ones. So right. I'm real excited about the turkey call lineup that we have this year. We I mean, so everything's new: pot calls, yeah. box calls. We have you know some new strikers, and within that stress select uh, lineup that are really nice strikers. Um, so yeah, I mean, pretty much, I don't know that, I mean, we've basically got at least eight new, brand new calls. Wow, that's the awesome. spring. Yeah. How so. did your one go over last year with that slate for like, call oh, the cookie cutter? cutter? With training wheels? The cookie yeah. cutter? Oh, that <laughs> thing, that thing did amazing. My kid played with that nonstop at yeah. home. Well, it's funny cause, uh, you know, John Armin was just, was just out here and, uh, Levi, the, the young man that was with him. They took it out there last year for the North Dakota opener. Levi kills two birds on opening day with his bow. Yeah. And that's what they use, that cookie cutter. I yeah. mean, it's not a toy. I mean, it's a legitimately good call. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Um, so, no, we did really well with that thing. I sent a bunch to Kicking Bear Foundation. You know, mm-hmm. They have their, their youth event stuff. And uh, <laughs> got a got an email back from Ray Howell after they, you know, started giving to the kids. He said, man, he was, you know, they, they just yeah. ate them up. So, that, that, and so this year we actually have a glass version of that because, you know, it's some, I mean, they're good for adults, like I said. I mean, oh, you know, yeah. the calls themselves are quality calls and they will absolutely kill a turkey um so yeah this year we had such good success with it we brought out a, a glass version this year so you gotta That's cool because you know the issue with slate is once it's wet it's wet yep. yeah you know so at least with the glass one you know you can it's a little little better to work with you know some some what other. kind of striker did you go with when you did the glass one on that i'm not sure you'd have, i think it's a poplar striker um, it could be maple i don't know we'd have to go out and look at the packaging we've got so many different strikers oh yeah uh, Depending on the call, but the the new ones are w- w- what's called Dymalux, which is actually a kind of a synthetic wood mixed material. Mm-hmm. So it's really really hard. I mean, mm-hmm. you can get a lot of volume out of out of that new striker. We'll go check them out when we leave. But um, so as far as like you know, like I'd never being from the Midwest, typically you end up seeing the birds. You know, it's not that it's to me. It's not as hard to find birds in the Midwest as it is in the South. Right. You know, yeah, South you're Wind. not seeing anything in the South yeah. until you're looking down your barrel. You, you got to hear them and then, <laughs> then hope you can find them. This has been my experience since I moved to the South. So, yeah. locating is a much bigger, uh-huh. much bigger challenge in the South. From my just from my three years experience of hunting in the, the South now, so that you know, in my mind, I'm sitting thinking, you know, I, I want I want something. I, w- I don't want to carry eight calls. Yeah, I want to carry you know maybe maybe a pot or two, maybe one box, and then, you know, my diaphragms. So, ideally, the idea of these strikers is 
the the range and volume and tone you can get out of them is just so much better because it's such a such more solid and because it you know we all know wood shrinks and expands Mm -hmm. this is not going to get that so you've got a good you know the tolerances i guess you'd say are just you know they're they're locked in on the these new strikers and they they do they make some really really sharp calls so did you guys do anything with the decoys this year too then or no uh no we don't have any new decoys this year um we're working on some ideas for maybe down the road though that we're pretty excited about also yeah i'm i'm actually excited for turkey season this is third year in a row now i'm still trying to get my my boy jacob yeah. his first bird. <laughs> are you doing that down in south carolina when you take him uh well i took him to south carolina last year he hunted a little bit in georgia um and yeah he's he's probably going to go back for the south carolina youth season he enjoyed that last year i figure i'm gonna be in that boat too with reese <laughs> oh yeah when you're, yeah yeah, I mean, she honestly, killed her first deer this year, and now she's she's eat up with that, him, and that's the way so. Jacob is. You know, he killed his first deer last year, and he's been chasing turkeys. Now this will be his third season. It's it. I I did go ahead and put a red dot red dot sign on his shotgun, which he's been working with that, and he loves that just because you can see a bigger sight mm-hmm. picture, you know, versus trying to look down right. that that bead. So what I didn't know was I got my boys their first four tens this year because last year was a BB gun to get used to guns and this year they got four tens but you can buy a turkey load. Oh yeah. For oh, yeah. a four ten yeah. uh-huh. and shoot them at thirty yards and kill them suckers. Yeah. See I don't I, I don't really gun hunt. You know, I'm I'm pretty much bow only unless it's for coyotes. Um and so he, he he's got the only shotgun in my house my son does <laughs> and i went but i went on a turkey hunt last year with uh some of the guys from real tree out and uh we went to wyoming after Miriam's, and you know they were like you know don't bring your bow we're gonna gun hunt so i didn't have a gun to take so i was like hey is somebody gonna have a gun? <laughs> yeah, so, no I, I was like are there gonna be you know any guns i guess oh yeah we'll have plenty of guns come on out well one, one of the guys that showed up on the hunt is a gun dealer from uh kentucky and he he did he brought a 410 a 20 yeah. and a 12 hmm. and i don't know if anybody used the 410 but i i used his 20 gauge to shoot my first miriam um which is actually on on real tree spring thunder um and then so i shot my first bird with his 20 gauge in Wyoming, and then the next morning on Saturday, we went over to South Dakota because I had tags for both states, and I shot uh, I shot my South Dakota bird Saturday morning with actually with Nate Hosey's gun. <laughs> <laughs> so I shot two different birds in two different states with two different shotguns. Uh, I remember watching that; that was a pretty cool ordeal. Yeah, it was it was bang bang boy, and that, that's the thing. It's like like I said, I don't I don't really hunt with guns. You know, I'm pretty much bow only. So that been it been a while since I'd. I'd even shot a shotgun for for my own purposes. Other yeah. than well, last year was my first turkey ever with a with a gun. I've never I've always shot with a bow. Too. Yeah, me too. But I set a goal. I wanted to shoot one with a gun. Although we kind of flopped in the mud. That was a well. And, and the thing is, it's <laughs> it's not that you know it's not that I'm opposed to, to to hunting with a gun. It's just in Illinois, the spring seasons are is so challenging. You know. You know how it is. You got to. I mean, your seasons are what five days. Yeah, you have to select this season unless you have a landowner's permit. Well, right, and, and yeah, and I, so I always it. had to, you know, select my seasons, and you know, it's only five yeah. days of time, and they don't always fall over a weekend. So it got to the point where it's like, man, I just, I didn't want to, I didn't want to. It wasn't worth it, you know, to go through all the all the hassle yeah. of trying to, you know, trying to get more than more than five days of hunting. So the reason I, I really kind of focused on bow hunting, even for turkey, was just because it's so much. It was so much easier to get the fall turkey tag, mm-hmm. you know. And just hunt them with while, while I was out, you know, bow hunting. Yeah. It was fun to shoot them in the face, though. Yeah, <laughs> it could be addicting. I like it both. I've killed a bunch of them with a bow, and I've killed a bunch of them with well, a shotgun, well, and I I like them. I like it. Equally. I will say, after after doing it again, you know, this yeah. year, 
I, yeah, I would not be opposed to going out and you know turkey hunting again this year with a shotgun. It's fun running yeah. and gunning, and yeah. especially so like like in the south where you know you're not seeing them and they're yep. not grouped up in big groups or anything. I love shotgun hunting them there, but now I go to Nebraska or Kansas yeah. or somewhere like that where there's a lot of turkeys. I like bow hunting them. Yes, yeah, I, I did a, an archery turkey hunt two years ago in Kansas, and I think that's kind of when it really hit me. It's like, man. It really, it, I mean, turkey hunting is no different than deer hunting. You know, the, you know, it, the terrain does matter as far mm-hmm. as you know your tactics and your techniques mm-hmm. and what works or you know what doesn't necessarily. But yeah, Kansas. So I, I, I did that turkey hunt in Kansas, and, and it's similar to, to what I was talking about with North Dakota deer hunting. It's like you know, you're sitting there in Kansas turkey hunting. You might see you'll see birds 300 yards over here, 400 yards over here. You know, because it's so open. And then, you know, a place like South Carolina, the, the challenge we had with Jacob last year, a lot of it was once you get on a bird, they're either coming or they're not. And, and they would be honest before we could even really fully get set up. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it's like, bam, you got a bird, you know, 20 yards in your face. And it's thick, you know. It's, you, again, you don't have the, all these open fields and stuff. You know, right. So a lot of times you're, you know, it's like deer hunting. You're trying to, sh- you know, pick your hole. It was kind of the same way with, you know, so... But he's fired up. I mean, turkey hunting is really more about Jacob than it is me you know, at yeah. this point. Like, yeah. yeah. I just want to get him that first bird. Yeah. It's more stress on you than it is him, isn't it? Oh, yeah. He does, <laughs> he's, just, he's just happy to go. When we go next. I know when I take my kid hunting, if I don't get I'm like, come on. And I'm like pouting. I'm like, I'm yeah. such a loser. Like, yeah, they the loser move on bad. quickly. Yeah, they move yeah on they're quickly. like good, and you're like pouting because you want your kid to get one. Yeah. like a failure. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> you're right. It's I, like I, you do, man. I don't mind eating tag soup, but I hate watching Jake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do too. So, well, man, it's good talking with you as yeah. always. Thanks for coming on the show. Yep. Yeah, talking good a little time. bit of hunting, and and uh, we're gonna wrap it up. B, you got anything else? I'm good. You good? Yeah. You ready for some turkey season? I am ready. Man. I'm probably more excited about turkey season right now than I have been in several years. That's because deer season was so bad. That's because <laughs> my deer season was so bad. Yeah, that, that's kind of the way it's, kind of <laughs> way I mean, it's like, man, this is the second year in a row I haven't filled a deer tag. Those turkeys might be hurting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take it out on them. Yeah, yeah, a little bit more, little more mad. I'm not even yeah. mad at the turkey. I'm just mad at a really, really long year. So yeah. <laughs> They're the first ones I can I can take it out on. Well, that's funny. Well, cool. Well, again, thanks for coming on the show, Jason. Yeah, man, appreciate it's always you guys. Glad to hang with you and catch up as always. And so, yep. sure, we'll do it again down there. Thanks the road. for all you do. Yeah, yep, thanks yeah, for thanks what you fun. do. So, all right. Well, until next time, peace out. God bless. Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Listen, if you're enjoying what you're hearing here on the podcast, do us a favor, a huge favor. Go online, go to iTunes, jump on your podcast app, and give us a review. This is why it's important. All throughout the year this year, we're going to be giving away products, hats, t-shirts, things from our sponsors. And the only way you can be registered to win those products is by going in and giving us a review. We'll be giving those out on a monthly basis, and we want you to be involved in what's going on with free stuff. We know everybody likes free stuff. I'll be honest, we enjoy free stuff, and we want to share part of that with our listeners. Listen, guys, we can't tell you how much we appreciate you listening to the content we're putting out. You're not only a part of the tour, you're a part of the family, and we're building a tribe that's willing to go where only few dream about, living our passion. I am Jay Heath Graham, and I thank you for being a part of the Tour 12 Podcast. Thank you.